0: slash connect and fill out a very brief form there's a spot to leave contact info ask questions and even to request prayer also be sure to indicate that you listen to us through our soundcloud podcast to let us know where you're listening may the lord be with you this day grace and peace to you can we sing oh come let us adore him one more time can we do that so alston's gonna play for us thanks for uh catching my curveballs when they come, so it's just good to to sit and to rest in the wonder of the Christmas season and to be reminded that it's really a simple story. God reached out to us, God came to us in our brokenness and in the place in which we live and said, I can meet your need in the most crazy, unorthodox, unexpected way possible by sending a helpless baby child. And that's what we that's what we anticipate. That's what we worship. That's what makes it all possible. So um It's good to be in the house of the Lord with you today, um, and good to to worship. Today, the third Advent candle has been lit, the candle of joy. Um, I'm not sure, I I don't know all the reasons that it's pink, but it is. In tradition's sake, it's the pink candle in the the Advent wreath. Um, And the passage we have to look to this week is a short one. Uh, One from the book of James, chapter 5. And so if you have your Bibles, you can open them and turn with us to to James, chapter 5. Or if you have devices, you can point them um, in that direction. Um, For those who are willing and able, would you please stand out of the reverence for the reading of God's Word? As I read today from James, chapter 5, verses 7 through 10, reading today from the Common English Bible. Therefore, brothers and sisters, you must be patient... As you wait for the coming of the Lord. Consider the farmer who waits patiently for the coming of rain in the fall and spring. Look forward to the precious, looking forward to the precious fruit of the earth. You also must wait patiently, strengthening your resolve because the coming of the Lord is near. Don't complain about each other, brothers and sisters, so that you won't be judged. Look, the judge is standing at the door. Brothers and sisters, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord as an example of patient resolve and steadfastness. This is the word of the Lord given to us, the people of God. We say, thanks be to God. Please have a seat. Well, the third Sunday of Advent is focused on this Advent theme of joy. Um, And as I get started, I have to I have to confess something to you. Um, <laughs> as I, The day that I was typing this particular paragraph in my notes, I was not feeling joyful. I was not particularly joyful on the day that I was writing this, and I was kind of like irritated about I mean, I don't have a lot of days where joy just seems absent, seems completely gone, seems despairingly far away from me. This was one of those days. It was, the the day had its moments, but I was, I was struggling this day. A a pastor can confess that, right? It's okay for me to to share that. Um, It's okay for you to share that. It's okay for you to have the days that Joy just seems distant and far away. And I think that sometimes in this Christmas season with the lights and the music and um, all that's going on, um, sometimes it makes it even more difficult on those days, those days that joy just seems so, so elusive, but here I am, right? I, I've, we've committed to, to going through this Advent devotional together. And I've said, you know, what, what the text that, that is. And the themes are all laid out for us. And the texts are chosen for us. And, and, and I'm sitting down with James chapter 5. And it's talking about farmers. <laughs> talking about strengthening resolve and, and steadfastness. It says, look to the prophets. You know, the Old Testament Folks. Who had these weird things to say and delivered them in in odd and unusual methods? And and I kind of got I got text envy, right? Like, why couldn't the text been focused on something like like what Brooklyn read, right? Like, my soul magnifies the Lord. There, there's let, let's have a let's have a text that talks about joy. Instead, we've got the the farmer. As I prepared notes this week, I wasn't. Feeling that joy, all that much, and the literal theme of the week is joy. (laughs) Thanks a lot, God. This is is my how my week went update for you all. Um, And I'll tell you, it was a struggle that day. It was a struggle that day to uh, to even feel like I could bring something to you this day that had meaning, that had substance. It wasn't kind of all the old cliches. I don't want that. I don't think you want that today. It was a struggle. Not, not a simple little prayer, but hard, rough work, a matter of prayer to get going. But I pray as we work through this together today that the Lord will speak to you, despite my words. And maybe even, God willing, through some of my words today. The passage starts off in an odd place for joy. (laughs) A farmer. (laughs) By now you know, I am not a farmer. I don't claim to be. I have no evidence. I have no skill of being a farmer. Um, But my image of farming is, is, is fairly clear. The farmer has hard work in front of them every day. The farmer has a a strong work ethic because the work ethic directly relates to the production of the crop. The dependence on early mornings and late evenings for the farmer is, is very present and something that they have grown accustomed to. Think of weathered skin that are... Out in the fields, in calloused hands, bucking bales, branding cattle, these are all the images that I have of of the farmer, just a, a rough and tough individual and the writer of james and I have to confess when when we just talked about James in the summer, right? I looked back, um, we went through the whole, the whole book of James this summer back in August 14th is when we talked about these verses already. So if you're like, I think like I remember these from somewhere. It was from August. So nice job if you're feeling that way. And no worries if you're not, no worries. Um, but, but we had basically this same identical passage in August as we worked through James. But the writer of James examines the farmer patience saying patience is this this vital and and this key ingredient for the farmer in order to yield a crop in order to to produce what the field is intended to produce the farmer has to employ a certain measure of patience (laughs) the impatient farmer has a tough life right what will they do? How can they work? How can they work to speed time up? How can they get the crop to come a little faster? How can they sh- cut a corner? The writer tells us, and quickly moves to, they'll turn to complaint. The complaint is that, is that outcome of, of the patientless farmer. The farmer has... Not the resolve doesn't have the strength, doesn't have the motivation to to see it through and to understand the long arc story of what the farmer's trying to do, then complaining is probably in the farmer 's future there's a strong correlation I, I feel in this in this passage between these two ideas, these two concepts, waiting. Um, and complaint. And, not, and not, honestly, neither of them are, are real con- conducive to joy. They're both a bit of like, anti-joy or like joy-sucking from us. How many of you guys have said, Oh, the glorious joy of waiting. <laughs> no one ever, right? Think of the Department of Licensing. Think of Walmart lines with all these registers and one little light on. Think of the drive-thru. What are they ordering, and how could it be taking this long? Joy is not our normal and natural response to waiting, and I feel like like joy and complaint are, are mutually exclusive. I could be wrong on that. I'm not sure that I am, but I think I think joy and complaint fit into mutually exclusive categories. I think you can't have one when you have the other. Um, I heard, I think this was in junior high, I heard you can't sneeze without blinking. Have you ever ever heard that? I want you to try that. That's your homework for this. No, not really. You always have that one junior high friends like, no, I did it. I promise I didn't close my eyes that time. Um, I think it's the same with joy and complaint. That in the middle of complaint that to have joy... It's really, really difficult, if not impossible. It's in verse 8 that we see why this is our our Advent text. You also must wait patiently, strengthening your resolve, because the coming of the Lord is near. Because the coming of the Lord is near. We've talked about how in, in this Advent season, Advent is all about the coming of the Lord. It's literally the meaning of, of Advent. I've had a couple people ask me about this word, Advent, this week. Advent's not, I mean, we, we definitely use it within church circles and worship circles. Advent's not a particularly religious word. The, the Advent, Advent is uh, an English word. It, it, it's, it's not really a church word. Advent is just an arrival. Advent is an arrival, the coming of sudden, uh, the coming of something. You can have the advent of the dawn if you wake up in time before the sun. You can have uh, the advent of the printing press was in the fifteen hundreds. It came in that time and it changed the world. If you want to form a country or a kingdom, there will be the advent of taxes (laughs) because someone has to pay for it. But for Jesus' worshipers, for people who follow Jesus, capital A, Advent, is the coming. It is the coming, the the, the coming that makes all the difference in our world. And for our worship and for our relationship with God, the Advent, the coming of Christ, changes our relationship with God. This wasn't a surprise arrival. This isn't something that that people didn't know anything about. In fact, the people of of Israel were, were waiting for this moment for centuries. For years and years and years, they had waited for the coming of the Messiah, for the advent of the Messiah. And as we pass through this season of Advent and light the candles, and remember the stories. It's our goal and our desire and literally our task to join with the people of Israel in the waiting for the advent of the Christ child. We enter into that story and, and, and step into it as, as, as far removed as we are, as, as distant as that seems. We connect with the people of Israel with this longing, with this sense, Come, Lord Jesus, for we need you. We're desperate for you. We need your life and your ministry to make the difference for us. The truth of the matter is, many of the people who were waiting for him missed him. By and large, the the people who, who had influence, the people who mattered in that society and in that culture, missed the coming. The one for which they had been waiting for for so long. I saw this this quote this week from Amanda Held Opel. She wrote this, I know we all look back on the incarnation, the advent, the coming of Christ, with a lot of longing and adoration. But it's good to remember that almost everyone Jesus encountered while he was on earth was disappointed with him as Messiah. (laughs) He was too lowly. He was too radical, not radical enough, too welcoming, The scary reality for us today is is looking back on that time, that time and that season that we're entering into where the whole nation of Israel was was longing and saying, God has promised this Messiah. We've seen it in, in the writings of our forefathers. It's written down and recorded for us. These prophets who had such strength and had such resolve to bring the message of God to the people of Israel the ones with whom we're identifying in this season. Scary reality is that many who were waiting for him missed him. And as scary as that is, we're, we're a little bit different. We, like the writer of James, have already witnessed the coming of Christ. We're, we're in a different class. We're in a different moment. So that connecting with the story of God through the people of Israel is not our, our personal story. We don't await Christ's first arrival, but his second. And James, James, who, who wrote this in, in the first century, the, the generation following Christ, most likely, Here, saying, be alert, be awake, but be patient. You also must wait patiently, strengthening your resolve because the coming of the Lord is near. We're not here waiting to to catch who's going to be the Messiah. That's already been revealed to us. And for the people of the nation of Israel, they had, they had all sorts of people pop up claiming to be the Messiah, different people who could come and who went and claimed that title. Our task is not to identify Messiah with visions of, of booting out the Romans, teaching all those who were who messed up some kind of lesson, saying, this is when we're going to get back to the good old days. Sometimes, sometimes it may look like that for us. I don't know. But what we do is we await the arrival of Christ to transform us today, right now. To transform us today, right now, and eventually all of creation in order that we, like it promises in Revelation 21, says we might behold a new heaven. And a new earth, not only in that day, but right now. Do we get to transform our lives and this world with the coming of the Messiah, with the coming of Jesus Christ who wants to enter into our world through us and into the people around us. But the danger is right there in front of us. The danger is right there in that waiting. We can get a little complainy. We can grumble. We can get, and maybe I should say I, I can get get complainy. I can grumble. I can get irritated. I can get impatient. That precious fruit of the earth, for which the farmer has toiled, for which the, the farmer has has plowed the earth and, and infused it with nourishment, in order that that precious fruit might come, I have to remind myself, there is no shortcut. There's no shortcut. But when I get irritated, when I get complainy, when I get grumbly, I confess I want it now. I want that precious fruit now. We can taste it with our our, our mouths watering, our saliva ducts leaking, right? I have a weakness in the in the Christmas season. Uh Don Bustle knows one of my uh, one of my weaknesses already, it's bread. He makes some amazing bread and uh, but in 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 Christmas time it's the checks mix. I don't know about you, but for me it's the checks mix. I, I see Cam, I see the bowl and I have these responses that go off in, in my body, right? Like my mouth waters. Unfortunately I know how to make it even and it even tastes good when I make it, so Man, it's, it's my kryptonite, I think. Um, we have that hunger for the outcome, for the reward, for the harvest, for the product, for the return on the investment. That when we lose track of the call of God on our lives to remain patient for the coming of the Lord, that oftentimes our appetites Drive us, and we can get complaining. I telling you earlier about kind of my my tough day part of my tough day started early um I didn't have my regular <laughs> morning morning routines um that that i had i tried to maintain in my life, which meant. I got, I got around to my, my Advent devotional, that, that book that we're kind of reading together and playing through together, um, and, and my Bible reading a a little, a little bit later. It was in that moment that I, I had run across that, that quote from, from Opel, the one about where people who were looking for the Messiah by, large, by and large, missed Jesus when he was here, that he was too lowly, too radical. But when I was reading it before, I only read half of her quote. The other half, she goes on to say this. She says, most people missed him, except except for the hungry, except for the poor, except for the outcasts. Those were the people who fought through crowds just to touch the hem of his robe, to eat a scrap from his table, to get a glimpse of of his glory. Today I'm asking myself, how hungry am I for God? Hungry enough to accept him on his own terms? And that's the end of her quote. You see, so many times I, my hunger, the hunger that I feel, the hunger that's before me, tends to be for that precious fruit of the land that's coming that the farmer wants to produce. So often, my hunger is for the things to which I'm striving for, the things that are, that are coming. And it's in that hunger that I, I sense that impatience. It's in that hunger that I get complaining. I want the payoff, the reward. I, I just want the joy, God. If you could flip this around, just make my day a little bit better, hold up my head, make it right, that'd be good, God. Wouldn't wouldn't that be good? I mean, let's just get to the joy part. All of my hunger and all of my appetite pointed toward the reward and pointed toward the benefit. And I see and I hear those most faithful to Christ, most in touch with the joy of knowing Christ with a whole different orientation. Not the experts who knew a lot about the scripture, the informed and educated who had the theories and had the proper theology and knew the right things to say and, you know, important things to say to teach us. In the scripture, as we saw Jesus Christ live out his life on this earth, it was the people who hungered for Christ, that didn't miss him. That didn't have him walk by. They weren't skeptical of his, what he had to say, his teachings. But it was those who hungered for Christ who wanted to know Him more than anything else, who had that that aching and yearning desire for Christ. Oh, if we could learn that kind of hunger. If the church could learn that kind of hunger, the people who, who worship Him and come and speak the name of Jesus, if we could learn that kind of hunger, church, it would change the world. And it would literally fill us with joy. Christ doesn't disappoint. Let am ask the praise team to come on back up here and prepare as we look to close our service. Um, today, some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. You've replaced the, this hunger for Christ with a, a hunger for something else. Just, just get me to the joy part. This, this would be really good. <laughs> this would look really nice. Some of these hungers, some of these appetites are for really good things. A relationship or a cause or a mission or service to others. Some of these things for which we strive for are really good some of the appetites that consume us are really unhealthy. (laughs) Checks me. The pursuit of money. The life that we see on social media of other people and we get in our, our brains and in our hearts this deep longing. Maybe other content we see on our phones and on our computer screens. The keeping up with the neighbors thing, that's really unhealthy. Trying to pretend our life is put together perfectly. All of these things become that precious fruit for which we yearn and long and wait for and anticipate. Some are good and some are really not good. Whatever that precious fruit of the earth is that captures your eye today, today the invitation is to lay it down and to hunger for Christ alone. It's the hunger and the appetite that that won't leave you hanging. It's the hunger that, that draws us to the place to which we are supposed to be. Today, the invitation is to lay that down and to say, I don't need this hunger anymore. I'm going to stop the shortcut. I'm going to stop reaching for the the fruit of the earth and lean into my desire for Christ and Christ alone. Christ is my first desire. I'm going to invite you to do something today. I wasn't sure I was going to do this, but I'm going to. Um, Today, I'm going to ask if you want to have a response. It's going to be a little different, and that's okay. I'm, I'm here with you. We'll make it through, okay? Um, up here on the altars, I'm just going to lay a couple of pens, and I'm going to lay a stack of cards. And this isn't this isn't weird or or it's, it's unusual, yeah. But um, but I want to tell you that in my life, the moments where Christ has really prompted change in my life is when I've responded. When God's given me an idea or a challenge and I've said, I need that. I know in my heart that you're talking to me. And so today, I'm going to give you the chance to respond in a, in a very tangible and physical way. Um, on each of these altars, I'm placing a couple of pens and some little whoop, I got too close to the speaker there, and a little piece of car, uh, note card like this. And the invitation that I'm going to give you today is to come up, and, and you can pray at the altar if you wish, but that's not, that's not necessary. I'm going to invite you to come forward and say, you know, God, there's been some things in my life for which I've been hungering that have taken the place of my hunger for you that I know should be first in my life. I'm going to invite you to just write that thing on this piece of paper. Fold it once and put it in the little cup that's there on the altar. And I'm going to ask that, that God would honor your movement And your response in this time, that if there's something that you say, God, when I'm honest before you, I've let some things take over that place in my life, take over that that hunger spot. I'm I'm reaching for that fruit. I'm 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 letting it become the thing that has replaced my hunger for you. There were these people, these people of Israel that had, had watched for Messiah their whole lives and heard the promises and when Christ came, they missed it. I pray that I can be one of the ones that so hungers for Christ that I fight through the crowd just to touch the hem of his robe Get so close to Christ because that is what I hunger for. So as we close today, I'm going to pray and you can come during the prayer. We're going to sing a song. You can come as we sing. But I'm just going to invite you to respond in that way. There may be no one that comes up. There may be all of you who come up and say, God, but if God has placed something on your heart, that has become a hunger, that has supplanted your hunger for Christ, I want to give you the opportunity to respond because I think in that response, those have been the moments in my life where God has done amazing things. And I pray that our hunger could be for Christ and for Christ alone. I'm going to pray and then we're going to sing. You can come at any time if you feel led to do so. Heavenly Father, today we give you ourselves. And we pray today as you have spoken to our hearts. I just pray for any person that, that has recognized in the scripture they're struggling. That they, like me, this past week have moments where joy just seems so elusive and so far away. I pray today for anyone who responds that you would give them a sense of restoration for the hunger of Christ, God. Be with us this week. Fill us with joy and fill us with the hunger for you, I pray in Christ's name, amen. Only one God that pours out his life in such a way that he comes to us as the Christ child on Christmas, and we celebrate and we worship. Amen? Amen. Benediction today from Luke chapter 1, the the scripture that, that Brooklyn read for us. As I offer this benediction, we have this tradition of just holding out our hands as this reminder that we receive this benediction prayer today. May we be able to pray today with all my heart. I glorify the Lord. In the depths of who I am, I rejoice in God, my Savior. May my hunger for Christ be greater than all my other appetites, I pray. Amen. Amen. Go in the love of Christ. Thanks for joining us today on the Mountain Home Church, the Nazarene podcast. Don't forget to visit us at mhnazarine.org connect if you'd like to connect with us, and have a great week.